You are listening to the Freelancer Codex, a podcast brought to you by the Shut Up and Respawn Network. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 123 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. This is your host, Steve, along with Devin, Mike, and JD, and we're all together again, which seems like it's been a really long time since we've been together, so guys, welcome. How are you all? JD, how's it going? It's going. Uh, really excited to talk about what we've got in store tonight, so yeah. You sound super excited, JD. Mike, how are you? Mike is figuring out how Mike <laughs> works. Sorry, I was... <laughs> Button. Sorry, guys. Um, doing well. Excited to be here tonight. We've got lots of things to talk about. A bunch of news articles that we want to cover today. Want to talk about some of the things that we've been doing since we've been in, I believe this is week nine of quarantine. So we're going to talk about that for a little bit. We're going to shout out to those who are finishing up some educational paths and we are going to go on from there. It's an exciting episode. I'm glad you're here with us and glad you are here with us. Devin, your kids got out of school a week early. That's kind of messed up, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, they were not ready for it, but the school decided that's how it's going to be. So, I mean, we had the teacher send out lesson plans for all the way through next week, but, right. you know. You're, you're totally going to keep your kids, like, stick um, doing the lesson plans for next week, aren't you? That's like the, the yeah, kind I mean, of dad you're going to Yeah, we have make. summer program already set up. I mean, we do every year. For that to do reading and we get workbooks stuff for them to do just three days a week so we don't like them to get stupid over the summer so you're wondering why your youngest hates you like i think i think we've nailed down (laughs) so it is me yeah it is episode 123 of the freelancer codex podcast there's a couple things we want to talk about um from the beginning first off we are going to start going back to once a week recording this show Um, We're going to be covering a lot of the things that are happening with Jeff Keighley's Summer of Game Fest. Um, So we're going to be talking about all that stuff, which at first I thought this was going to be a really good idea because Jeff Keighley is going to like start talking about all the things all the time. He had the whole calendar planned out where there's going to be announcement after announcement after announcement. That happened for like maybe two days and then it's like dried up since then. Um, But (laughs) we're supposed to have announcements all the way until August. So there's going to be things to talk about. And more than that, I think we also wanted to just start talking about more gaming-related things. So we're going to be going back to once a week. I'm really excited about that. JD, our Bioware correspondent, will join us um, at the top of the month whenever we have... Well, even if we don't have Anthem news to talk about, I'm sure there will be some Dragon Age or Mass Effect or something Bioware-related that we can talk about, and we can catch up with JD. So first off... Uh, I kind of want to know what you guys have been up to during the break. So, JD, will you tell us like what games you've been playing, what things you've been trying to tackle in your backlog? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I only got like a, you know, maybe a handful of hours, uh, maybe like two hours every night to play games. But I've been working through a backlog. I'm still working on making my way through the Yakuza series. I'm in Yakuza Four now. Um, I beat Persona Five Royal. Put every game I was playing on hold to do that madness and it took me basically uh, a month to do that and uh yeah uh, now that i'm done with that um uh, feeling a little bit uh you know japanese out so i am playing overwatch on pc uh because i can only handle looking at kanji for about a month i've learned 
So I know exactly how long to go to Japan for now. So. All right. So how's uh, <laughs> so how's the are. Overwatch scene on PC now? It's been a really long time since I've played any Overwatch at all. Ooh. The uh, last time I played Overwatch prior to this was they just introduced Doomfist. So this was uh, a lot has changed. Torbjorn's very different. Um, they've changed Hanzo. They've changed a bunch of characters. But that being said, um, the game plays really well. I'm really enjoying it. Um, connected with some old friends um, that also play the game on PC. Um, hadn't talked to this guy in like seven years. We started playing Overwatch together. Pick, pick the friendship right back up like we had in like gone seven years without talking. It's a really fun game. It still is a lot of fun. Anniversary events going on right now. Um, a lot of cool drops. Uh, doesn't feel as uh, cheap as it used to. Felt like you really had to buy boxes to get anything nice. But now really really get some something back for the time you put in so it's i'm enjoying it very cool i'm glad you're glad you're back to playing overwatch Devin, what have you been up to what have i been up to i've been up to many of the things mostly sea of thieves uh related but uh when i'm not working uh yeah playing sea of thieves call of duty i did just buy a playstation 4 pro um specifically for ghost of tsushima uh but since I have a console, I might as well do something in the meantime. That's true. Right? Uh, so yeah. if you got the stream yesterday, uh, I did a uh, one-hour stream of Days Gone. I uh, got everything set up now. That was just the first test where I just streamed right from the console. and But now I got it hooked up to my uh, computer with my Elgato and all that stuff. So I can do that, you know, do a so, little more of that. So are you telling me you're giving up on Alien Isolation? Is that just like, it's too scary, you're not ah! going back? I don't know. <laughs> you can do it, Devin. I believe in you. It's a, it's a tense game. Alright, Steven? <laughs> I understand that it's intense, but I know that you can totally beat that game if you wanted to. You could totally could, do it. You know what I could do? I could turn off the sound to my headphones and just have it be playing so everyone else, and I'll just be like, Hey, it's not scary at all. It's not scary at all. Oh, that jump scare? Totally did not get scared by it. You should do it. I think Didn't you should just like turn the lights off. Like do it for the viewers, man. Like just get turn through the, the game. Off. He'll probably like see my wife at Target sometime and be like, all right, when he's playing this game, I want you to sneak in there when the lights are off and touch his ear while he's playing. I I mean, yeah, that would be awesome. Content's content, Devin. So oh. So Days Gone is yeah. Days Gone is weird. Like watching you play through Days Gone, that game is that's a very interesting game. Like, I know you like zombie games, and I don't like zombie games. Yeah, that's, yeah. I don't know. It's weird, right? So I'll, I'll play through it. It'll be something to do. I mean, I might as well. I paid money for it, so. That's true. Um, although, I mean, I, I when I had my original PlayStation 4, I also got The Last of Us remastered, and I paid for that. But I was like, nah, I'm, I'm not going to play this, so. <laughs> um are you familiar with the uh, lead actor in it, um, Sam Witwer? In Days Gone or Last of Us? Uh, Days Gone. Days Gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen him, and he was in like the Star Wars games and other things. Oh yeah. So he, he's he's yeah. the voice of Darth Maul. Like yeah. So great. I mean, it it looks interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see how the game progresses, and um, you know, but. I, I enjoy, Maybe I'll go back and forth between some aliens and Days Gone. I just really enjoy but, seeing that motorcycle, like big old heavy motorcycle, like being used like a dirt bike. Man, that thing can jump some pretty impressive. <laughs> games. I got I still have to nail down like those, those controls are driving are not you know fine tuned at all. They're, 
So, <laughs> so, so, Mike, what have you been playing in the in, in the interim? I wish I could report that I've been playing lots and lots of stuff because I have lots of extra time, but unfortunately, I don't have lots and lots of stuff that I can say that I've played. Um, however, um, my kids and I, we have played Lego Worlds. I think we talked about that um, previously, but that's yeah. a fun game. It's it's Minecraft meets Legos, which is cool. My kiddos uh, and I did that. Um, they would build stuff, and I would go through and collect the things and do the challenges because I, I am learning that I'm a bit of a completionist. So I need to get all the things, if, you know, to collect all the gold bricks. And so I have to do all the, the little tasks, follow this guy and follow that guy, which is fine. I'm okay with that. Or are you making your I, kids do that for you? No, I, I am doing that. They, <laughs> they, they won't do that, which is fine. And I'm okay with that. They like, they like the building aspects. So that's cool. Um, as in that same breath, we've been playing Minecraft a lot. Um, kiddos again showing me uh my oldest son just built stark tower in one of in one of his worlds and he actually built um he built a model of each of the original avengers wow um to scale so that was pretty cool which is it's, it's a little bit weird though because he'll be super meticulous and lining up all his blocks but then we had him cut the grass and there's like patches, you know, where you where you turn a corner and you miss. Yeah. And I'm like, you, you got to show that same level of care. Anyway, so that's fun to do. Forza is still a big thing for us. I like racing games. Again, mostly just the completionist thing, going through and, and collecting all the Lego bricks um, in the in Lego Legoville. I'm actually not sure what the um, what the expansion Lego is called, Island? but in Legoville. Lego Island or something like that, which is odd because it's not an island. It's still connected to anyway. Um, so going through all that and collecting, doing all the the little challenges to collect the bricks so you can build your your house bigger and better and stuff. So that's fun to do. Um, I've been spending a lot of time in the backyard remo- remodeling, landscaping the backyard, and getting that ready to go for the summer. And I've been busy with with other things other than gaming, um, trying to get outside and stuff. So it's been fun, though. It's been fun to when it does come time to take a break to sit down and mostly sit sit next to your kids and have them not yell at you for having them do chores or schoolwork because that seems to happen a lot. But it's been fun. It's been fun to do. Steve, what have you been up to, man? You know, I have been playing. I finished Final Fantasy 15, so I started playing that game, started streaming it, finished it. That game is weird, man. Like. Like I know that has like a 15 year story of that game being developed and changed and all this stuff that's happening. I wish that I hope that someone eventually gets the inside story of Final Fantasy 15. What happened? What what changed the scope of that game? Because it seems like there are some very um, well crafted portions of that game that are not the main part of the game. Like there's four main characters that you play as the entire time. Each one like one of them takes pictures. One of them. Um, makes food for the team one of them gathers stuff and the other one fishes and those are like super well-crafted portions of the game but it's surrounded by a lot of weird design design decisions and it's like okay obviously some people had a lot of time to develop this specific portion and they got a lot of time to do it when the story is very rushed like it hardly makes any sense at some points like and final fantasy always has super cool summoning animations when you summon these giant gods and demons it's like that's always super cool for some reason, you always end up finding a god at the end of the game. Like, there's some cool things about Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 15, but there's a lot of stuff that just makes you raise your eyebrow and wonder, 
really this this got made this way but so i finished that and i'm actually move i've been playing a lot of things i picked up a, an indie game called jet jet strike jet stalker shoot what's it called jet something it's a 2d it's almost like a side-scrolling jet game where you fly around and you attack a bunch of things i got i got a code for that so i've been playing that i'll report on that later as i play more i started dark souls 3 because the souls game seemed to be like a huge hole in my um video game repertoire i've never played a dark souls game never beat a dark souls game so i'm planning on doing that figured i'd start with dark souls 3 because it was only 15 dollars on steam um Turns out those games are hard. Uh, it is what everyone has <laughs> ever said that they are. They're difficult. They're hard. But when you get when you when you pass a boss, it's like this feeling of achievement. Like each time you've done, each time you do it, it's not just. I've also been playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and you go through that game and you just mow everybody down, right? Like you just pick up a sword, you murder everyone. There's very little challenge unless you like start fighting people above your level. So it's kind of just you go through, you kill people, and that's it. Dark Souls is very punishing. What are you talking about? Right. Oh, you know. <laughs> so Well, don't play it on easy, right, Steven? <laughs> well, so so I, so the tutorial boss of Dark Souls 3 only took me like two hours to complete, right? And that's it. Only two hours to complete the tutorial. And you gain souls every time you kill something. And if you die, you drop your souls. You got to go pick them up. That's just kind of like the loop of the Dark Souls Are they game. dark? So I collected about 4,000 souls <laughs> because I wanted, because I just kept dying over and over again. So I collected all these souls. It's like, okay. The only thing, I just can't die unless I, until I collect my souls or else I wipe out all that. So I got to the, to the boss I was trying to beat, um, died, my souls dropped there. And then I was just very casually going back to the boss. And I was being real stupid about it, ended up dying and losing, you know, 4,000 souls worth of time spent in the game, which is super frustrating and demoralizing. And you can see, you can watch that all on stream. You can watch that, uh, that realization come over on my face on stream in real time, which is, it's really, really frustrating. So I'm going to keep, I'm going to, I think I want to keep trying that game. Um, because I think it's one of those things like, well, I, you have to beat a Dark Souls game, right? Or is that just something that no, you let Dark Souls people be yeah. Dark Souls people? Yeah, that's a different I mean, different breed, right? I mean, it's like it's like playing Cuphead, right? Cuphead's very similar. Yeah. <laughs> if you like dying a lot and just until you can master that, I mean, you have to master each individual one to make it through. And for me, I mean, I just don't have time for that. It's like you know playing. Destiny with people who can't play video games. It's it's difficult. It that's patience. That's what we did, Devin. Like that's what we did. I know. It was a horrible Phaedrin, <laughs> how's it going? Thanks for hanging out on stream. Phaedrin, we were just talking about Final Fantasy fifteen, so you might have missed it there. But uh Phaedrin also says, Tell Michael that he's not Michael Scott. I will tell you though, Phaedrin, <laughs> that Mike Sometimes acts very much like Michael Scott. So. It's because your background, you know. Oh. Yeah. All right. So a couple things real quick before we dive into the news. I want to thank our patrons: um, Julius, Nathan B, Michael R, Trent B, Man in Steel, Scout sixty nine, Dragonheart seventy six. Thank you so much for the continued support. We really, really appreciate it. It makes things a lot easier to do when we're paying for stuff to ship things out. So thank you very much for your support. If you want to join awesome patrons like them um, to help support this podcast, one of the uh, most amazing podcasts in the world, 
Um, you can do that at patreon.com slash freelancer codex. All right. We also have a new Patreon tier over there. So we started making some challenge coins that we're going to send out monthly. Um, as the month rolls over, we'll figure out, you know, whoever was at this tier, whoever, you know, sub- subscribe to us at that specific tier for that month. They're going to get a monthly Patreon coin. I think I have one here. I don't know if it'll show this. I should. I sent them out on the Twitter, but let's see if you guys can see that. Here's one of them right here. Where's my camera? Looks pretty fancy. So the coins there. So we'll send those out. I guess I'm going to have to become a Patreon to get him, get one of those coins. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to just <laughs> give you one for free, Devin. So please do that. Continue to support. It means a lot to us. All right. So let's dive in to the news. All right. I got to talk to you about something. <laughs> this is All our right, sweet new news. Thank you, Keanu. All right, Devin, take us through, take us to our first news item of the day. News item of the day, number one. So we talked about this. If you saw our video uh, on YouTube, uh, Mike, Steven, and myself, we look, we watched the uh, Unreal Engine 5 demo, gave our thoughts about it. But there is some uh, whispers online, you know, about the loading screen that they say is not a loading screen or you know, loading area. So if you're watching the demo, JD, have you seen the demo? Uh, the, the Unreal Engine 5? Yes. yes. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure. I didn't want to spoil it for you. Uh, oh, tech demo spoiler alert, Devin. <laughs> spoiler alert. Oh, if you spoilers for a game that will never come out. You know, watch the tech demo yet. Stop what you're Look doing. Right. <laughs> go watch it. You're, 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 you're right, Devin. You're right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> leave. <laughs> Come on. Okay. So in the demo, anyways, there's this part in the demo where the character, main character, is squeezing through what people online are calling the butt crack of gaming. Um, the butt crack of gaming. <laughs> as they squeeze through, the main character is going through, and most of the time in current games right now, if they use that, they're using that to load the assets, the game assets, beyond that character, right? I mean, it's a, it's a clever so, way to do it. It is a clever way, uh, but people online are mocking it because Sony has been going on and on and on about no loading screens, no loading. It's always there, all the time, right? Even uh, you know Tim Sweeney, the shield that he is. Uh, <laughs> okay, tone it down, Devin. Tone it down. <laughs> oh, the shield that he is. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, he's a billionaire, but he'll take anybody's money. It's fine. Anyways, uh, so he <laughs> was going on about no loading, right? So they're talking about this. They have two people, right? So uh, Dana, Dana Cowley, he's the uh, PR guy, basically. Uh, he's talking about there wasn't a loading trick at all, right? Uh, he's like, to avoid confusion, originally they had some voiceover in there that called out the narrow cranny, as they put it. Uh, it's meant to show that the assets up close, uh, but those lines of dialogue didn't make it into the final edit. I mean, so they said they wanted to show off how close you can get to the geometry and, and the visual fidelity of those assets, which it, it looked great, you know, no doubt about it. The tech demo looked amazing. Um, then Jeff Ferris, he, I just looked him up. What the heck does he do? Um, I don't remember what he does. Let's find it here. Just, he's part of the um, Unreal 
Um, yeah, it's part of the part of the epic team. Anyways, he says the squeeze served several purposes for us: close in detail, animation, audio, demo flow. Uh, but we didn't. We did have a tiny worry that folks would think it was necessary to hide loading. It wasn't smiley face with a winky. All right. Um, I mean, so if you're going into some something ahead of time, knowing that people are talking about loading. Maybe try a different way. I don't know. It's just my opinion. It, it, it looks like loading. If it looks like a duck, smells like a duck, quacks like a duck. As they say, it, it may be a chicken. Uh, if you're Epic Games, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Do so, you think it was a loading screen? Do you think it wasn't? Well, well Devin, I want to ask what your what your issue with it is. If it was a loading screen. Who cares? Like, like, why? Uh, what? What is? What why is the is issue? Because they're going on and on about no loading screens, and if they're hiding the loading screen, if they're putting it in the first major tech demo loading screen, it's like okay, whatever, you know. But don't sh- be shouting from the rooftops, no loading screens, no loading, yeah. and then so, have loading. So, so had they not toted this as a no loading screens thing, and they you squeeze it would be, it would be nothing. Right? It wouldn't even be, be like, a conversation piece. Like we wouldn't even be talking about it. Okay, no, I was the just internet curious. wouldn't care at all. Yeah, I was just. It's curious. because they talk about it. That's why it's an issue. I right? think it's no. Really... I understand. I just wanted to get. I just wanted to understand why you're so you know salty about it because you really seem really salty about it, and I wanted people to know that you're not usually this salty about stuff because you're really that's usually a level headed guy. And, <sighs> All right, I was just, so, no, just, just Tim Sweeney just gets me going. Tim Sweeney was like, I mean, they obviously got paid by Sony to say, hey, this is running on PlayStation money, 5, right? Okay, and, and that's fine. Yeah. They're a business. If, if anyone wants to throw us money to say anything good about the PlayStation 5, we will gladly do that, right? We'll do the same thing. But that, like, Devin's Xbox ambassador, so a little bit biased. I'm not going to, like... He's one of those ambassadors. I have a PS4 Pro. What are you talking about? I, I've had I'm every just PlayStation saying, console. I, I understand. I, I understand. I am just saying that you know there is a little bit of that, and that's something that Devin doesn't like anyway. Yes. Is that anytime like you're saying, "Oh, this is this can only run on the PlayStation 5. Um, I mean, and anyone that thinks that the Unreal Engine, Unreal Five, can only run on PlayStation Five, like I don't know what to tell you. Like, welcome to welcome to America. I don't know, like. Unreal is like a flagship for every single um, console out there. It's going to be on everything because it's I mean, a they, super they awesome piece. It was. Of, it, they it, used it, it in is. the Mandalorian. So, and yeah. and, and here's the thing: um, the loading screen. If they, it's it's really weird to say we use this as an opportunity to do a close up on our character. Like that's a weird. Like you can do a lot of different things to do a up close on your character. Like, loading through things like Tomb Raider, where, you know, every time they go through a loading screen and you have to look down Lara's shirt, like, like that's not how you showcase your characters. Um, so that's just weird. Anyway, like, uh, let's move past it, because even though they say that there's going to be no loading screens, there's going to be like, loading screens. Like, maybe if you were to take a game right now that was made in 2018, put it in Unreal Engine 5, or use the super fast SSD of a PlayStation 5, there wouldn't be a loading screen. But if you're a developer that can now make bigger assets that look better than they did in 2018, you're going to put bigger assets in there. You're not just going to use the same file size for, oh, this will load faster and we don't need to upgrade the quality of it. We're going to do that. Pretty soon there's going to be, I mean, we already have some games with 8K textures, right? We already say that PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X can do 8K. Like, that's dumb. Most people I don't think even have 4K TVs. 
But games are going to get bigger. Despite how fast it is, developers are going to push it to the limit. So there will still be loading screens. So even though they're like, we'll never have a loading screen again. That's a dumb statement to me. Because, yeah, we're going to have loading screens. Because the games are going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, yeah, Super Mario 3, no loading screens. Well, and, and assets are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. The longer we just stay dormant and, and sedentary and don't do anything, those assets are just going to get larger and larger. And you have to have, to have a system that will cover it. And I, I got to see more of them assets. And that's why I've been trying to run my asset off. All right, so let's move on <laughs> to... Um, you guys are like saying the word asset, all right? <laughs> so let's move Ooh. on to uh, some anthem news. We actually have some anthem news. We got a blog from a new name in the anthem space that i was not aware of previously probably because the christian did not want to be known um and wanted the anonymity of just working on in games without being yelled at on twitter so christian daly is the new studio director at bioware austin he is the new head of anthem so this is the person that we can complain about right i'm just kidding so he's going to be <laughs> leading the anthem team right now so and we got an updated blog over on blog.bioware.com this is the first time they've talked to us since february when casey came on and said hey that they're going to be changing things up so jd you want to read us um take us through the first uh, couple paragraphs of of christian's blog and then we can discuss this and talk about what it means for anthem and what we think it actually will um mean yeah it's the john Warner. yeah blog. i could do that well, John Warner is actually not a John Warner is not a studio director. He is the head of um, personnel. I forget his his actual title, but he has he he's doing something with HR over there. All right, go ahead, JD. All right, uh, so this is uh, what he had to say. Uh, the Anthem incubation well, the Anthem incubation team has kicked off, and we are starting to validate our design hypotheses. Incubation is a term we use internally. It essentially means we are going to well, we are going back and experimenting slash prototyping to improve on the areas where we believe we fell short and to leverage everything that you love currently about Anthem. We are a small team, about 30-ish, earning our way forward as we set out to hit our first major milestone goals. Spoiler, this is going to be a longer process. And yes, the team is small, but the whole point of this is to take our time and go back to the drawing board. And a small team gives us the agility a larger one can't afford. Um, before you move on, JD, I would like to, yeah, like let's talk about the thirty-man team because I know there have been some people online that are freaking out that it's only a thirty-man team. Like I think we all need to realize that they are like this is this baby is incubating, right? Like we are in the <clears throat> fetal stage of whatever Anthem two point is. Like, this game is, it is not going to be out this year. It's not going to be out next year. Like, maybe the end of 2022. Like, if they want to take till 2023, I'm like, sure, why not? Go for it. If they have the luxury, if EA is going to let them do that. But this game is not coming out soon. Right? I'm not yeah. the only one that. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, they do say it's a, it's their first major milestone goal. Like, that's not like they have already been hitting major milestones and that sort of thing. We know that Bioware has milestone meetings and things like that. But they specifically say first major milestone. They are early, early in the process. Yeah. I think we you know we can probably just stop calling it Anthem 2.0 and just be like the new Anthem game, basically. Right? I mean, they're, they're going so far back. They're changing everything. It's, you know, I mean, we talked about this before where the timeline and how far we think it's going to be. and 
but this really, I mean, says, hey, it's, you know, years down the line. And like Stephen said, I, I don't think it's going to be out until 2022 at the earliest. And a lot and a lot of people are just going to be like, oh, well, you know, at that point, it should be a whole new game. I mean, that's that's several years after this one released, you know, and just call it what it is. I mean, the other question, though, from this, well, I'll get to that in just a minute, but uh, 30-person team I don't think is too bad. You know, there's games that are launching from indie studios with like 11 and 12 people, amazing games, with a small amount of people that are doing a lot of work. And game engines, uh, you know, like Unreal, that we just talked about, uh, definitely help out people that, uh, you know, don't have a huge team. Frostbite, whether it lends itself to that or not, I don't really think it does, but I don't really know too much about Frostbite. So, so Phaedrin in chat asks, do you actually think they will take feedback from the community? I think so. I think they'll take feedback. Um, you know, they'll, they'll talk about it, they'll look at it internally and maybe try and use some of the stuff, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, everybody's just thinking like it's going to be Anthem 2.0, but I think this is just a whole new game. And I think they had to make that that choice or that tough cho- the decision sometime last year because they, they've been working on it since last year, right? And so I think they had to make the decision to be like, look, we can try and right the sinking ship or we can let the ship sink. You know, we'll, we'll put it on life support basically is what I think it is right now. It's on their their updates and stuff. They're not really doing anything. No new content's really going to come out for it. I don't see any new content coming out for it, honestly, the anthem that we have now. No, I don't think because so. Because that would take away from what that 30-person team is doing. And, you know, to really put the effort into basically doing everything over and it's going to be years away, that's a whole new game to me. That's, you know, but if they're doing that, then when do they end the live service for Anthem? Um, do they just leave it there? They, they probably do. I mean, I don't, they just leave it running in for what, five years or so until they just like clear up the server space. I mean, there's no reason to take it down if there's still people playing there. Um, yeah. And if there's still people spending money there, I mean. So if I can take a swing at answering Phaedron's question. Um, the closest thing Bioware has done to this would be uh, their development of Dragon Age Inquisition, and I, I think the answer, uh, I think what we're going to see is they're going to incorporate fan feedback, but they're going to do it their way, um, which is to say, like, so like Dragon Age Origins, you could put any armor, any weapons, uh, if they could equip them uh, on any of your party members. You could have the, uh, you could have the mage in whatever mage robes you want, or the, uh, you know. Uh, the, Templar and whatever suit of armor you want, you could kind of customize their looks individually. Uh, and then in Dragon Age 2, everybody had a very set look. Uh, there wasn't like any kind of upgrade. Um, there might be like a small visual change to their outfit once you've maxed out their companionship or their, their loyalty or whatever it was. Um, but the whole thing is that people were complaining that they wanted it to be more like Origins, but Bioware wanted it to be more like Dragon Age 2, where every character had their own unique look. So the compromise there that they ended up taking that bit of fan feedback from origins uh, about two was they just made all of the armor, all the character armor in uh, inquisition, basically like they had a certain type of look and you could put different armor pieces on it. And if it was heavier armor, it would just be a heavier version of the character's iconic look. 
So I think they'll meet us halfway on some of it. I don't think they're going to, uh, if that's any indication of how they do things, uh, I think it's just going to be kind of like meeting us in the middle of a compromise between what they want to do and what fans are asking them to do. How successful that'll be is will be remains to be seen. I mean, that, but, that that's really interesting because when you talk about fan feedback, like it seems like all of us are like the majority of people that talk about Anthem, we're all kind of in agreement with things that we do want, right? Um, there needs to be more story content. We need to actually have inscriptions that work. We need to have a stat page to make it more RPG. So, I mean, I, I mean, I would think that they've heard all that feedback. I mean, uh, we, we can finish reading this and then we can talk about the other statements because Christian also does say that he has been hearing this. So, um, JD, will you finish up that second paragraph and we'll let Mike start into the next one? You got it. All right. So, we really want this experience to be different for the team and our players, but we know we have some tough challenges to tackle. We want to include you as we go and be open and honest with where we are at and what, what the expectations are with where we are going. The reality is you will see things that look awesome that end up on the cutting room floor or things that you might think suck that you feel we are spending too much time on. But in the spirit of experimentation, this is all okay. We really want uh, to provide you all the transparency we can uh, because of your passion and interest in Anthem. But with that comes seeing how the sausage is made, which is not always pretty, by the way. So, Mike, do you think, I mean, this seems very so, much like, hey. I mean, so it's so it's 180. So you have to kind of go up to the to the 30,000 foot level, right? Because we have to look at everything as a whole. We have to look at Anthem, the title that we got when we got it out and and all the streams and everything that was put out to that when it was when it was being debuted and when it was being made and that whole process when when Anthem that we know was being born. Right. So we so we look at that. We know what came from it. We know where it is now. We just talked about it. And now we know where they're going, right? So, so the problem is, and, and I think this is a problem. The problem is, is that they're still, they're still kind of attaching that anthem name to it. Um, because, because this is the progression of what it is. It sounds to me, just reading between those lines, it sounds to me that they're saying, you know what? We acknowledge everything that happened in the past. We showed you cool stuff. It didn't make it. We got flack for it. There's stuff that got into the game that we that we really thought was going to be cool, but then ended up not being, and we got flack for that too. So unfortunately, I think they're they're coming out with with, and I'm still going to call it 2.0 because it's just what it is, right? And and I think that that's a disservice in some degree because I, w- I would almost be all right, guys. Listen, this is Anthem as it is. This is how you have it. This is where we're going to leave it. We're working on a new game now, you know, because that's what it feels like. That's that's what the tone is now, because the last thing that we got was from from Anthem 1.0 was, you know, what? when we when we're ready to make changes, you'll see them. We're not going to talk about them. But now we've we've turned that corner and it's like, well, actually, really, we're going to we're going to try to bring you along on this journey as we create things and do stuff. And just to speak to the to the fan um, feedback and stuff, I think that's really hard to do in today's world only because if a fan um, suggests something and then it makes it – sorry, guys. My my little one is having a hard time sleeping. 
if a fan suggests something and and it ultimately makes it into the game, who then gets credited for that? If that makes any sense, like I mean, like who all... is who is the creative impetus behind that? Can can someone who who just suggests a whole lot of stuff and that happens to make it in the game, then do they can they say, well, that was my idea. How come I'm not getting credit for that? Well, that that's and, the reason. And as crazy as it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and and that's just that's just the world we live in. So I I don't think that that fan critiques and fan um what's the word I'm looking for comments and things like that they're like oh yeah that would be a great thing to put in the game but but I don't think studios can say oh yeah you're right that is something that we need because then because then you're getting into a, to a legal battle and I know that studios don't want to fight that and I know that there are people out there who who really just want a payday and so they bait and they and they try to get like they are Oh man, they are masters at that of just They're, baiting people into I into mean, getting what they want. Are and, they so, and so and so that's those, those are my those are, those are my thoughts. Those so, are my thoughts. That's that's where I'm going. So I'm so, going to go into this next paragraph or the Steve you got to no, come. Go I feel like I feel like you want to get in there. No, go ahead and read the paragraph. <laughs> So continuing on from Christian Daly, uh, we also want to start putting together some regular comms out to everyone to show slash talk about these changes and our progress. This blog is one example, but we also want to include you in more of the day-to-day and hopefully get you some real interactions with the team. These updates could come in the form of an ad hoc live stream or some cool concept art posted on social media. Or the occasional feed of me curled up in a ball, crying in the corner. Ha, ha. ha. <laughs> I would that like, to, right? I would like, like to point out, like this is, but this is the stuff that bugs me. Like, I, and maybe, and maybe the the social media world is such that we try to reach all audiences, so someone doesn't feel left out. But you know what? The people who care about games being made are people who, just to steal the phrase that was taken already, know how the sausage is made, right? So, so you don't anyway. I'm nitpicky, but you don't need to put that last little, little attempt at humor in because we get it. We've talked, we've talked to developers on this show. If you haven't listened to our developer interviews, please go back and listen to them because you know what? They're real people. Who are, who are passionate about what they do, who love doing what they do, and who are excited about things that you and I may or may not get excited about. But, but it's, it's fun to see other people's excitements and other people's genuine reactions to things. Are you, so are I, you, are you just saying don't put in a little bit of humor at the end? Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm saying, I'm saying that, that, I'm, as reading this and going through this, like, like, why, why do you want us to see the sausage being made? Just, I'll tell you why. I don't know. So, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little back and forth about it. Um, so two years because, ago, yeah, two years ago, there was a podcast called the Freelancer Codex that said, "Hey, Bioware, <laughs> start showing us stuff on social media. Shoot us some concept art. Do some streams where you're just talking to your people. Like, let us get to know your team." All right. So that's what they're saying. So when they said 
Are they going to take feedback? Yeah, they'll take it from the people that, you know, are best to take it from. That's the Freelancer Codex podcast. I don't know if you guys obviously, know about them. But obviously, this is the thing that they should be listening to. Um, so, yeah. Will they take feedback? I hope so. I hope they take feedback from a lot of from a lot of different places. Because right now, this game needs input from the people that are going to be playing it. Because those are the people that are going to keep it going. Like... We, we know what we want for the game that you're trying to build. So just ask us and let's, you know, let's try to get that put in. Um, like this is a huge thing for Christian Daly to like be the new studio director of Bioware for Anthem. Like that position has to have a target on their back, right? Christian's stepping up to the plate, putting out a blog post saying, all right, guys, this is pretty much saying, all right, come at me. This is who I am. I'm on Twitter. Let's go. So yeah, so this is going to be really hard for him. Um, I hope he, I hope he can take the the criticism, or I hope he can just block a lot of people on Twitter because that's a position <laughs> that's going to be really hard for some people to take. Because now people are like, hey, we've got crosshairs on a new person, and someone just talked to us. So here we go, let's go. All right, so good luck, Christian. <laughs> we've got your back. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Good luck. So Devin. What's, what does this all mean? No, I've got one last thing to say before you move me on. Of okay? course you do. I always have things to say, Mike. <laughs> um, this also came out one month, about one month before EA Play. Okay, so this is saying, hey, nothing is happening with Anthem at EA Play. Don't get excited. Don't expect anything. We're in the incubation phase. This is like setting the stage for people to not expect something. And we have to realize that, like, this is one of the main reasons this came out, because this could have come out after EA Play, and it wouldn't have, it would have been, you know, people would have been saying, "Hey, where's Anthem? You're working on Anthem. Why are you not showing it EA Play? Why is it not here?" And then, you know, then the whole um, player base of Anthem blows up, saying, "Hey, where's our stuff? You're supposed to be working on this." So this has completely set the expectations. Don't expect anything at EA Play. I think this is the main purpose of this coming out when it did. Okay? That's all I have to say. Devin, you can go ahead and talk now. Uh, I'm glad you got, glad <laughs> yeah, you got so, that in there. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's, it's interesting, right? So they talk about the concept art and those kind of things. And while that's cool, the concept art, I mean, unless they're showing us concept art of the user interface of, like, the stat screens or those kind of things that, you know, fix the systems – um, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's why for me, just calling it like Anthem 2.0 or putting it on there, I'm trying to think of it as a whole new game based upon their the time. And that to me makes more sense than, I mean, you can call it Anthem 2.0 and the whole new systems and stuff, but it has to just be a new game by then. You know, you can't put something on life support for, with no new content or, I mean, you can, but uh, for me, if, it, if they're just like, yeah, this is the new version of Anthem two or three years from now, it's going to be like, what? This isn't a whole new game? I mean, <laughs> it has to be a whole new game because, every, you know, the system is so broken in Anthem right now. Well, we, we didn't that, get our pilot trees. So, we didn't get our stat pages. Like, all yeah. that stuff was devoid. So there needs to be all so those I, new I, systems in there. I agree with all of that. And I agree with Devin that, that it's not going to be Anthem as we know it. But, but I have a hard time just saying, you know, working title game. So I just call it the next anthem. The next, <laughs> but, but again, you're still attaching it to anthem. So I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be anthem. Like I don't think it's going to change, right? Unless they're going to change the name, or I mean, I, mean, I, I think but, you guys are arguing over calling but I think, it. Oh, 
Yeah, it's still going to be the we same. Are, it is. It is semantics, but I think. But I think the idea and the theory there is that. Is that I mean, what what would you save? I mean, would you, I mean, would you just still... the art and style. That's about it. The world, uh, exactly. some of the story that was in there, uh, but their entire systems I would get rid of and replace. Well, and that, and that's what and that's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. So because because it we do feel that it does need to be something different than what we had, you know, because because of all the problems that it had, and that's not a knock. That's not a knock on them at all, and it, and it's not meant to be, and I hope it's not taken as that. But no, yeah. you're, you're allowed. I mean, you're allowed to have to have a game that that does or does not meet expectations, and and that's okay. And and I and I think obviously that's tough for developers when when their player base is is like, oh man, you guys really missed the mark on this, and so they get quiet and they retreat and they say, how do we fix this? So I get that, and that's not that's not what this that's not what this is meant. It, it, Again, for me, it, it almost feels like that's kind of what we're doing, but that's not that's not what we're meant. That's not what we're meaning to do. I just, I mean, we're trying to we're trying to come up with. All right, so let's come up with five maybe? things that it need, five things that it needs. Okay, first, we need better hit registration when we're fighting enemies and we're getting shot at. Right, we need to know where we're getting shot from. We need to know where that stupid bullet is. That I mean, that, that's down. a problem with frostbite in general. So. Right, but that's that's something that it needs, right? So that's one thing. What else yeah. does it need? Um, so it needs better weapons, weapon mechanics, their, their whole weapon system. I, I mean, it's complicated the way they have it split apart, you know, with the parts of your suit that aren't really parts of your suit, um, that don't exist really. You know, you could buy those things. I don't know, that system to me just doesn't work. Um, yeah, and I mean, there's they need more weapon variety, all these different things. I'll that's go a, with that's a huge complicated pile of, of dinosaur poo that you got to dig through um, to really get it right. I mean, they just need way more variety, and the way that they implement it needs to be in something that's actually actually there, you know. I don't really like the inscription system at all. Uh, the randomness of it. I don't. I don't want random inscriptions. Um, I will say. I will say that that if crafting is going to be a part of your game, make it meaningful. So it needs to have a a legit crafting system along with currency system. I'm going to throw those all in together. So your crafting and your currency need to have meaning and they need to have weight. Phaedron says Diablo like gear sets. Which I wholeheartedly agree with. I mean, we talk about Diablo over and over again and how they could implement all that their builds and everything into this game. I would, I would love a uh, a division weapon system with mods and and you know where where we could both have the same gun gun, but I have a I have a suppressor and a long range scope, which makes it different. Like I think that would be super cool. Um, I think there needs to be more cohesive story. Customization. There should be yeah. so much more customization because of like just how the game is set and everything else. I mean, they've been building, you know, this stuff for five for hundreds of years, according to the story. And this is all we got for it. It's yeah. Like, these are the, these are, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, I think, uh, you've been building I, weapons for 500 years and this is all you come up with. <laughs> Also, I, I gotta say, if uh, whatever happens with 2.0, um, 
I, I think they got to deliver, or they got to better deliver on that promise of a story that you can enjoy uh, together with your friends. Um, because unfortunately, it really just um, like the story at the fort was just your own. The choices were very limited. Um, and when we actually got out there, like, I don't know why they, why they did it that way, especially when Star Wars, the old Republic, um, has a system for that and does it just fine. I, I, I would prefer like if, if, if they're the makers of Dragon Age and Mass Effect and Knights of the Republic and Star Wars, the old Republic, um, I want to have that experience with my friends. I want to have, you know, uh, like the party making dialogue choices in certain scenes that actually have impact our collaborative experience. Cause that's like all the fun of like something like D and D or something where like you, you, everybody has the same campaign module, you know, or uh, you could have, you could give your campaign notes to somebody else. They could run your homebrew campaign. Either way, it's the other people with you that make that experience unique and enjoyable so having you know like what they do in star wars Republic, where they like there's basically like a little dice roll that happens real quick to decide who speaks first um having having that chance of like somebody in your in your party in anthem saying hey thanks for saving the day and it goes how much money you got you know like <laughs> that totally totally changes things and they need to deliver on that promise of a narrative that you can enjoy a Bioware story that you can enjoy with your friends. That was the most frustrating part for Anthem for me. And I think people might have been less frustrated by it if it wasn't for the fact that it under-delivered under there. Yeah, I think it's possible. It sounds like a pretty risky system yeah, with me then, involved. Then you get people that just totally <laughs> screw up your story. I mean, if you've ever played D&D &D with Devin, like seriously. Um, so what, a couple, it's like so two, two things I, I just want to say. It. Like two things. Um, <laughs> first, I think they need like to implement some sort of different mo-type that has that is super randomized so you're not playing the same thing over and over again something very similar yes. to like a roguelike where you're you're going in you're making choices through a run and you see how far you can get like there's a lot of things that they can do they have shaper relics in this world that do whatever they want them to do there's like no limits because they built themselves no limits in in the game right hey if you're gonna go on this run and you want more lightning damage take this or if you want to take fire damage take this and you move on upgrade your stuff until you get to the end whatever um, I kind of think that they should just drop the live service. Like live service didn't do anything for 1.0. There was nothing live servicey about it. And I know that's probably because of the development problems that they were having, they couldn't really deliver on that. But at this point mm -hmm. and in two years from now, like what does live service even do for us at that point? We've seen that every live service game goes through, like they have issues providing enough content for their players to be happy with it. Like there are some days where yeah. players love their live service games. That's usually on day of launch of new content. And then the day of launch of new content. Other than that, mm -hmm. it's, there's not enough content. I'm grinding over yeah. and over. Like, so I played 400 hours. There's not enough to do. I mean, is like, <laughs> give us a single player campaign with the ability to, um, you know, let us play with friends. I, I don't know what live service is going to be doing for us, right? Like, I think... Well, I, in two years, where's live service going to be anyways in two years, right? I mean, that's that's kind of getting burnt out. Uh, you know, all the big live service... Destiny is basically dying. You know, I mean, if, even if you just look at stream numbers, right? We'll, we'll go with stream numbers. 
you know, when Destiny 2 has 95 people watching it on Twitch, it's like... Oh, it's got to be way this... more than that. Go ahead, go look. I'm going to go to look. I bet, because I think Destiny is like usually in the top 10. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> while we're waiting, I do I do have to say regarding uh, the release date, um, generally in the past, Bioware hasn't really been one to release two games in the same calendar year. 8,000 um, people viewing it. And I, well, that's good. Better than yeah, the other day yeah. when I logged on, there was seventy-five people watching. Yeah. I was like, "What? Seventy-five? <laughs> I mean, I'm just yeah, saying, see his live like service, and it's got you know seventeen thousand people. Watching. <laughs> so I don't, I don't think it's gonna be, I don't think it's gonna be uh, 2022. I, I think the only thing that might uh, change my mind on that is if they announce that the new Dragon Age game is coming out in 2021. Um, Bioware has never really released um, two games in the same calendar or fiscal year. Uh, the only exception to that is Star Wars The Old Republic. And I did some research on why, even looking at some earnings reports from EA, and they just list it as like a totally separate thing. Like they have like projected little game releases for the year. And at the very top of the list, they're like, we're also releasing uh, Star Wars The Old Republic, and that'll be in the second half of the calendar year. And that's all they say. Um, but yeah, like I think the closest they've ever released two games together is Dragon Age Origins and Mass Effect 2. But one was in November of 2009 and then the other one was January of 2010. So my yeah, money's on 2021 because you're, you're talking the about next Dragon Age is anticipated for 2022. So well, that's two different teams though, right? I mean, everybody up in uh, Canada, they're making well, they're Dragon assuming- Age. We're assuming that nobody in Edmonton is involved with the uh, uh, with the narrative side of things, which I believe they still are. Um, I I don't think so. I, don't know. I mean, sixty people. I would prefer yes. split it up, let Austin handle it. You know, let that whole team let them be their own team. Because yeah. you know, they're not Ubisoft. Bioware is definitely not Ubisoft. Uh, when they have multiple studios handling something, it hasn't gone so well. <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't, I don't think. I don't think Bioware gets to choose when they release their games either. That's not a Bioware decision. No, that that that's why I was looking at it from a fiscal angle too. Because like, aside from that, like it's usually like there's they're spaced out pretty well. So I, I just think the odds of it releasing in 2022 are low. I, I, my money's on late 2021. I think that is super super optimistic. Super All right, optimistic. let's, let's move super on to generous. the next thing. This is another thing that we speaking of um Bioware Studios. So, according to VentureBeat, um Jeff Grubb, who writes for VentureBeat, um was talking about the EA earnings report that had come out and he just and this is super weird to me cuz this seems like something that like, okay, so Jeff Grubb drops that, oh, that HD remaster of an EA game is the Mass Effect trilogy. So don't expect that also. to. So that's not going to launch on Switch, at least not at first. This news story is really weird to me that he would just go out and say this. Like, that has to be like a huge gut punch. If EA and Bioware are putting out a Mass Effect trilogy and they're going to announce it at EA Play, like... That's a dick move, man, to like just kind of scoop them. <laughs> this is like Kotaku, though. This is how, you know, Kotaku gets banned from stuff and studios hold that grudge for years and you get no information, no access when you do stuff like this. It's like, 
and we've talked about this on the Discord and other places where uh, what's Schreier, what's his name? Jason. Jason, Jason Schreier. You know, there's differing opinions on his character and what he does, and the, he brings to light issues with certain things, yes, but he also leaks information as well as many other people, and we talked about leaks earlier before the show, and Yes, we like leaks. I like leaks sometimes, but at the same time, when it really screws people over, a lot of them do. I mean, just give it a little taste. He could have just said, "Oh, you know, it's you're gonna like it," or I don't know. He didn't have to just give the whole entire leak. You know, give the whole thing away and just be like, "Hey, everything you guys have been working for, the big surprise, that's all gone." I took that from you. It's mine. My surprise to give out, and uh, love me, you know, for giving you all that information. Um, I don't know. I mean, people do that. They leak stuff. And like so, so close to when they would have probably announced it too, right? Like, oh, yeah. I mean, there, there's probably marketing people that are like, oh, I hope this doesn't leak. I hope this doesn't leak. And then bam, it leaks. Like, like that sucks. Like, I, I don't know. Like, cool, man. I guess you got your, your, your couple minutes in the spotlight where you, where you release this. Well, but Well, we're talking about him, right? So, I, I mean, hey, we are. Fair point. All right. So, so Mass Effect Trilogy. So, I don't know if this is going to be, like, remaster, if they're going to combine. I think this is, the one thing that a lot of be, a lot of people have been talking about online is that they take 1, 2, and 3, smash it together, one remaster, similar systems across the entire story of the game. Instead of, you know, having the different combat from 1 to 2 and to 3 and going that route i mean jd as the as the local bioware fanboy that you are and man you bioware fans like seriously have some serious baggage on your hands like oh yeah yeah. i mean on a level of one to ten i mean i shouldn't even ask you if you're excited you're excited right oh yeah i've like all i all i know is that uh the people who know me know i love mass effect so much that my brother heard about it from his friend called me up and said hey have you heard about this and i'm like man i heard about it yesterday uh but yeah uh i i think i think it's going to be good uh to what people have been saying um at the very least at the very least um like i'm i'm fine with an hd remaster like just an upscaling of like the textures and everything but i ideally i know myself and a lot of other people would prefer that they update the gameplay in Mass Effect 1. Um, if we could update the entire trilogy up to um, Mass Effect Andromeda's combat and exploration um, gameplay, that'd be great, but I'm pretty sure that'd be a massive undertaking because they'd have to retweak all the levels, all the planets, things like that. That would probably take way too long, unless this is something that they've been working on for a while, which, you know, um, that's entirely possible as well. But I think it's going to be good for EA and Bioware. Um, it's going to keep Bioware and Mass Effect relevant, um, at least in gaming, um, if they release it in the next year or so, especially because with uh, Anthem's 2.0 being so far off and Dragon Age 4 being like, I don't know, one to two years away or maybe even three years away and no word on the next Mass Effect game, um, they're going to need some kind of release to, you know, uh, to kind of justify them being there. Um, so I'm hoping, hoping they do something. Um, also it is worth noting. I, I just by chance ended up, uh, researching it the other day, checking the dates and stuff, see if, uh, November 7th, 
fell on a Tuesday this year, and it doesn't, but November 16th does, and that is the original uh, release date. Uh, November 16th, 2007 was when the original Mass Effect game came out. Um, so that'd be a good day to release it. I'm just saying, EA, you know, this is a thing. Though, this is I your mean, year. Next-gen consoles launching this holiday. You don't think it'd be buried in all the next-gen games? Um, as, as, silly as, it's, <laughs> as, as silly as it's going to sound, like, there were, like, um, I feel like it'll get buried the same way that the Final Fantasy VII remake will get buried, which is uh, the people that really love it, that, um... Like, Final uh, Fantasy that, VII like, Remake's already out, though, so it, yeah, it's not Yeah, the whole thing all. is that, like, it, that's what I'm saying. It's not going to be pretty it, at all. But it also came like, out in the middle of, like, nothing. Like, there was nothing else around. That's what Devin's getting yeah, at. Yeah, maybe. Because, I mean, I mean it, there's all the annual launches, you know, new first-person shooters, Assassin's big Creed. stuff from Ubisoft. There's going to be, you know, all the other... EA games, Xbox, PlayStation. I mean, I don't know what PlayStation is. I mean, I, I, I'm not 100 <laughs> percent that they would launch it in. I'm not 100 percent that they would launch it in November. Uh, but I'm just saying that, like, it does fall on a Tuesday. November 16th does fall on a Tuesday. Yeah. It's an. It would be a, you know, nice nod to the original game if they released them all uh, on that day. And that's usually when games come out, which is Tuesday. Um, so, so you're you're fine with just the HD remake? I mean, I know you would like more. I mean, if it's a graphical yeah. upgrade. What if it wasn't even like? What if they did a typical like um, Xbox uh, upgrade where they just res it up to 4K, you know, and clean up the textures, those kind of things, but just leave it the same? Would you still buy it? Yeah, not not even not even a question because uh, like even though like it was 2007, like. Um, the Mass Effect graphics hold up really well. I think the only thing that doesn't really hold up well from the original game are the textures on uh, the planets you can visit, but that's because they were randomly generated. Um, like the planets are randomly generated, but they just kind of use like a repeating texture on most of their planets. And uh, those definitely don't look good anymore. But uh, yeah, like I'm fine with it. Um, obviously, the, the more improvements that they can get, um, even better um if they can take the time to smooth out the ending of mass effect 3 and make it a little bit more conducive to a direct sequel uh because right now like as much as people want a mass effect 4 um they would have to do some serious like writing gymnastics to uh write themselves out of the corner that they put the milky way galaxy in uh at the end of mass effect 3 so um you just, you know, write a little dribble like, oh, that was all a dream. This is not <laughs> existing. Well, I mean, that. like, they could, they could set it up. They could set it up in a remaster. They could set it up in a remaster. They can make it so the transition of your choices is a little bit easier, or maybe some choices are a little bit more impactful. There's a lot of stuff they could do um, mm -hmm. that I'm sure fans would appreciate, but what they end up doing. I think um, the I think, any, I think anything they do, like Bioware fanboys will hate yeah. it because they changed it. So Phaedron says he'll buy I'm it. I'm going to love it. Ah, Phaedron says it. he'd buy it if all three games come with DLC um, and ask, would you play it if they just do an HD remaster? So He's I, asking you. I know. I've only played Andromeda. Th see, this if it's an HD remaster, then I'm not interested. Like, yeah. if, if they do a remake... Of the game where they put it all into one. If it's the Mass Effect trilogy, 
is one game, start to finish. I take my character from the beginning to end without having to put in another disc, without having to transfer anything, without having to change systems or so use discs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if, if it if it's like if they're going that route and going to that level, then I will probably pick it up and play it. And just like add that to my, hey, I played through um, this remaster. Or re- see, I always get confused on what on what we consider a remake and a remaster. If they take the three games, put it in a bundle, upres the textures, then I'm not interested. Like I'm, I don't want to go through that, even if it looks better. Like controls on Mass Effect One are very hard for me to get into. Like I went and tried to oh, play yeah. that through Xbox or whatever service they had, and I just. I just had no fun and didn't want to do it. But if they take the time, then I'll go ahead and do it. So, and Phaedron says, I tried to play the Uncharted games and couldn't get through them. And people swear by them. And and I get that. Like, this is, it's something that I wasn't there at the time. This is, a lot of this has to do with, like, tons of nostalgia, right? Like, if you were there. The, the emotional yeah. baggage. Yeah. It, and it's that baggage that, that we all talk about. Like, you know. Final Fantasy VI, I'm in all the time, no matter what. Like, a lot of people, no way they can go back and play that game because of the random encounters, the way it looks, and the systems. Like, and I get that. That's all on me. Like, if they were to take the time, do a remaster, you know, then then I'll try it, and I'll play through it, and I probably will just, you know, I'll, I'll do that. Mike, what do you think? Is that something that you would even be interested in, in going through the whole Mass Effect trilogy? No. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Um, so it'll be interesting to find out what what they talk about during EA play. Like, sucks that they got scooped, but hopefully, I mean, I, yeah, it's just it's just sucks for them. All right, moving on because that's enough Bioware talk, right? Um, next thing, so Minecraft. Mike talked about him and his boys playing Minecraft. My boys are playing Minecraft a ton, also, and apparently everyone else is playing a ton of Minecraft. Because they just passed two hundred million dollars in sales, and a hundred two hundred million dollars, two hundred million copies. Sorry, two hundred million copies in sales, and a hundred and twenty-six million monthly active players. That is insane. That is an insane amount of monthly active players. Whether they logged in once, I don't know exactly what their metric is. So, so Steve, remember that. That over the last eight weeks, schools have been closed everywhere. Yeah. So, so keep that fact, keep that into your uh, so astonishment even, factoring. I will still be astonished because even at peak, World of Warcraft would never have gotten close to 126 million users. Like I think they probably peaked. I don't know around 15, 16 million people in World of Warcraft paying 15 dollars a month. Like 126 million users. Like if. If any game, any live service game had 1 million monthly active users, then live service games would be like, people would still be trying to make more and more live service games, right? It's insane the amount of legs that Minecraft has had. Like, it blows my mind that this is something that I never got into, something that has never really appealed to me, but it's appealing to a crap ton of people. Like, to my kids, to your kids, like... There were, I think there was like a graduation that was taking place in Minecraft over the weekend where people got on into Minecraft servers and they graduated through there. Like, it's insane. Like, Microsoft paid like, I've, what was it, like $2.9 billion? Like, some insane amount of money for this. And they are like, I mean, 
that's impressive. So hands off, hats off to Minecraft, square hats off to Minecraft. I just, I wanted to point that out because that's an insane amount of people. 126 million people? Like, give us like a percentage of that people to listen to our show and I will be, I will be there. That would be pretty awesome. Take 1%. <laughs> yeah, we'll take that. So, a couple other things I want to talk about and get your ideas on this. So, Mike, Christopher Nolan, he makes movies, right? He just he just makes movies. He does things. So, Christopher Nolan's Tenet trailer debuted in Fortnite. I think it debuts tonight. And they're talking... It already happened. Yeah, and it's like happening like once every hour or whatever tonight. And Tenet's like the new movie. It's actually a really cool looking movie. I hope everyone's gone and seen the original trailer. This is like the new trailer that dropped. Um... But this trailer debuted in Fortnite, and he's talking about doing a screening one of his films. I don't, I don't know if which film it is, but they're going to be screening it in Fortnite over the summer. <laughs> you know, Mike and I talked about this when you showed up late. Uh, we had talked about this before you even before you got here. Well, good. Maybe you can tell me what you guys were talking about because this sounds this is weird. So, so we didn't talk about this in full detail because. Because how do you, so so how would you screen a movie in? They show Fortnite? it. It just shows up in the game. Like so, the big thing they do in Fortnite right now is like they're debuting music videos, like the Concerts. last big huge music video. Uh, like everyone like has to go to like people an arena with the time. big screen or something. Yeah, they just what? in the game and it just shows up in the sky, and it's there for you okay. to check out and watch, just like they do with like Star Wars and other things that happen in game. And so you're just watching them, or they have like a huge avatar of this person or whatever in the game doing stuff and it shows up so so i remember this one thing where it was in this like like alternate reality that that someone had posed where like where like you you sit in this floating chair and you just kind of go along in your day and you have this screen in front of you right that's just like stuck in front of you that you can't get rid of Uh uh and like stuff just shows up right in front of you and you're like okay i guess i'll buy that minority a couple buttons on your armchair and it just kind of like no. okay, shows up. Wally. And, Blade Runner. Yeah, it was Wally. It was Wally. <laughs> Wally. Good job, Devin. So I mean, so so there, this is the funny thing, guys. This is the this is the thing where I I kind of need to be a little bit worrisome of of my surroundings. But like, there was someone sitting at their kitchen table, ignoring their kid's story about what they did at school today, and he goes, "You know, we could put advertisements in video games." This has been there for a long time. <laughs> but like to this it's degree, to this level. have you ever have yeah, you ever watched have you ever watched a movie inside have you ever logged on, opened a game to watch a movie? Uh no, but I have like when they used to when you could Netflix when they first did that thing where you can you could watch a movie together with your friends in Netflix. Like so That's it was like a yeah, little thing. You mean you, you mean know, like it's different, but it's like you're kinda of getting together. No no. You're you're over there. We're getting onto the app together. And we're all there, and we're just talking together while we're watching the same movie. Instead, I'm trying to be like, okay, like we're gonna start this movie. Ready, go. You know, it's like one person push play. There's like a little thing on the screen, and it's like you're all sitting there, and you're you're watching it together. But I mean, that's the way that they're kind of evolving. You know, um, no, I I understand totally. and these kind of things. And to me, it's like I could care less. Like I don't think. Him playing a full movie in Fortnite is going to work as well as debuting, you know, a trailer or a music video because that movie's going to be hours long. Nobody's going to stay in that game while they're playing 
and watch his film and then let it restart. Or if they keep playing and then they miss stuff while they're not playing or whatever. I don't think that's going to work out as well as they think it will, but I don't know. It's just an attention span and what they're showing. They're like, Oh, that's cool. You know, you can interrupt my game for a little while while I'm doing this. And they're going to be like, just shut up. I want to get back to my game and play. That was cool for a few minutes, but it's over now. I'm, I'm over it. You know, I don't know. Yeah, that's I just my thought. No, I agree. I think this is something that can only happen in Fortnite because of the popularity of Fortnite. I mean, they've had so many crossovers with Star Wars, Marvel, John Wick, all this other stuff that's in that game just because it is so popular. And I think um, Epic's smart to capitalize on all of these things right now while it is at the height because we know that eventually it is going to drop off. Like, Fortnite will never die. They That team has proven that they can continue to evolve. I just think this story is really weird because Christopher Nolan is like has gone on record saying that his movies need to be watched in theater. Like, mm-hmm. doesn't he? I, mm-hmm. I forget what what comment he said about watching him on phones that you shouldn't watch his movies on phones. Kind of like a purist, right? Um, that they need to be watched either in IMAX or or whatever. So I think it's weird that they're like, yeah, let's do this. But again, it's probably not Christopher Nolan. It's probably the people that are produ- are po- are producing money talks, man, and 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 that's what it is. <laughs> and, and if Epic comes to you and says, "Well, I don't, I don't even know who would come to you at this point," whether it would be Warner Brothers and hey, we'll give you this much money if you do this event. But again, like Tenant does not seem like a because when I think of Fortnite, I think of a demographic between eight and eighteen years old. Like that's the demographic mm-hmm. I picture in my head. Whether that's right or wrong, that's just what's in my brain. Like. Tenet does not seem to be like catering to that demographic of age people. I'm sure a lot of people want to watch that. They're probably, you know, 16 to 18 and above, but it just seems like, like, really? That's. I honestly forgot about it until there's like, oh, yeah, that Christopher Nolan movie. Oh, yeah. But I mean, we've all forgotten about every movie now, right? Unless it's like Trolls. Yeah, movies are like, whatever. For me, like, going to a movie theater now seems like a hassle because when you can. Just download it or buy it for 24 bucks, 20 bucks. What do I need to go? To? I mean, going to theater is cool, but it costs me $60, $80 just to go see a movie one time with my kids. With a bunch versus of Versus I can, yeah, with a bunch of people that I don't know that might smell. They They're might smoking eat weed a lot of pickles. And yeah, they, they could smell like weed or, you know, they laugh at really weird things. I don't know. But, anyways, it's like, and that's why movie, movie chains have like, Gone, I'm like, oh, well, I'm never going to show one of your movies again in my theater or whatever, because they know that once people get used to like, hey, I don't I don't have to go out, you know, to watch this movie and I can buy it for twenty four dollars or twenty five dollars. And I don't I don't have to pay, you know, the ridiculous fees to go into the theater. Um, so, so, Devin, what it is, is it's this floating chair. Right. And there's this screen that's just stuck that, in front of you. And it has nothing to do with it. And it just brings everything to you, right? And you can it wear blue and, and you can wear red, red and you can drink your donut in a cup. I, th- I think it if goes- I'm going to a movie theater, I'm just going to a different <laughs> screen, right? I, th- I think it goes back to like what we we're talking about. What Epic is a donut in a cup? And Epic's ability to adapt and, you know, find yeah. what people want. Like movie theaters need to do that. And they have yeah. been so static, except for I know there's some places that do the food or whatever, and those are awesome, but they're just not adapting in a way that makes it, you know, like worth going to a movie theater. 
unless they have Atmos, because Mike won't go to any theater that unless it has Atmos sound, which is super weird. So, yeah. why is that weird? I think they should just go back to drive-ins. You know, people are probably kicking themselves. We could be showing movies right now, drive-ins, because people could go watch watch a movie in their car or with the radio, like you used to. And I loved I going to those when I was younger. It was a lot of fun. Ooh. That was an actual oh experience. And how old are you? Devin's old. I am almost three. I'm just kidding. So, uh, I enjoy driving movie theaters. We go with my buddies. We we all get together. Let's go. And uh, you know, every now and then, people are like, "Oh, you can't sneak in. There's somebody in the trunk, whatever." It's like, get over it. I'm still gonna buy snacks, so it's gonna. I'm gonna yeah, pay you, for it. Right? You're gonna recoup your money. Don't worry about it. But yeah, I mean, they need to make it a better experience than what it is. And well, I think it's funny that because. Because isn't this isn't this what isn't this what our system is is meant to be? Like there's a model out there of movie theaters that was really good for a time and now they're not. And so so in order yeah. for movie theaters to to either stay relevant, um, they're gonna have to change their model. And and that's not a bad thing. That's not a yeah. bad thing for them to do that. It is it is exactly what what they're supposed to do, right? That's that's they're gonna the have joy. to make it worth going to watch oh, it absolutely. at the theater. Absolutely. I think there's still going to be movies that I want to go see in the theater versus just watching them at my house. But for like kids movies, those kind of things where it's going to cost a lot of money just to take my kids to this movie or I can pay $24. I'll take that, you know, right. Instead. It's going to cost a lot of movie to have my kids get up every two minutes to go to the bathroom and kick the chair in front of them and not listen to the movie and then spill their soda and then drop their popcorn when we can just go to the house and I can, and they yeah. can, you know, what we watch, you can watch it on their screens, and then yeah, so they can sit in their chair and they have their screen in front of them, <laughs> and they're wearing either blue or red and drinking their cupcake in a cup. And then we play Fortnite at the theater, and we become because yeah. we'd be at the beach. So a couple quick things. So Civilization Six is free on Epic Game Store right now. It's a sixty dollars game, so go pick that up. It's free. Why not do it? Uh, the Alan Wake uh, ten year anniversary is coming up, and right now I think you can buy Alan Wake for like a dollar, the remaster on Epic Game Store, and it's also on Game Pass. Or you can just get, get it on uh, Game Pass for free if you have Game Pass. Well, it's not for both free. PC You're still and Xbox. Yep, it's like six dollars for I, a month. <laughs> for it only if you pay for one of the services. If you got Ultimate, it's like yeah. what fifteen dollars. Anyway, all I'm saying is you should yeah. go pick up those That's games. Xbox Live. Game Pass on PC, Game Pass on Xbox. I agree. All right. So real quick, since that's all the big news that happened this last week, I think, J.D., you had a uh, topic that you wanted to discuss and get some opinions on from us and from people in chat and on the show. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to throw this out to anybody listening as well. Um, you're welcome to to tweet me directly at J.D. the Joke Healer, or if you're on a Discord, just at J.D., and I guarantee you, I read every one of those messages that's directly at me on Discord. Um, I'm gonna hit you up a lot. All right, let's see. <laughs> just, just Devin's just like, hey JD, what I'm you doing? Put, I'm gonna put a topic in, in every single Discord topic. I'm gonna send you. No, I'm just, I'm just gonna be like, oh my god, he did, he did it, the madman. No, um, so I, I want I want to reach out and ask you know you guys, uh, people in the chat, uh, our community at large. Um, for their suggestions as to good games that are, uh, well, games that are really good for getting, um, older people, uh, especially people that are brand new to gaming into gaming. Um, so, uh, some of you guys, uh, know 
my dad's still recovering from having multiple strokes and he can't really walk or run anymore. We're looking for new things to get him into. And he mentioned the other day that he wants to get into video games. Um, and so and we checked with his doctors. It's going to be good for his hand-eye coordination. And I want to see what you guys uh, suggest because my dad is 66 years old. Um, he The only game he seems to be interested in are bang, bang, shoot him up, as he call him as he calls them, but um, uh, I'm open to all suggestions um, that are really good to get people started, um, especially uh, if they if they have any um, special, like, settings that you can alter to help people that have uh, any kind of visual impairment. Uh, Just so, opening it up. So what, so. Uh, what consoles does he have to play on, JD? What do you have to offer him? Uh, we have uh, we have the Xbox One downstairs, and uh, we have a Nintendo Switch um, that is regularly down there as well. Um, if need be, we could put a PS4 down there. Um, and truth be told, if anybody makes a strong enough recommendation, um, then we have no problem just uh, ponying up the cash and just getting him a console just for himself. So. Man, I would suggest Tetris for hand-eye coordination and something to ease someone into. Um, ease, like, handing someone a shooter for, like, the first time, like, if that's their first game. I guess I guess you could probably do Fortnite. Fortnite has that uh, beach party mode that's, like, there's no combat mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but if he, like, if he really just wants to, like, kill stuff, I don't know if he just wants to kill stuff because he's excited. Like he, he 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 wants he wants to shoot the guns. He wants to throw the grenades. He wants to stabby stabby all the things. Oh. Uh, well, and those my... are his direct words. That's <laughs> almost a direct quote. Um, shoot, I don't know. I mean, there's so many of them. I guess like you could um, battle royale is free for, or what's the Call of Duty mode, Devin? Warzone. Warzone's free. Warzone. Right, so you just download. But I mean, that. that's not going to be great for starter. <laughs> well, I, I don't know what shooter would be great to start out on. Yeah, um, that, that's why that's why I'm opening it up. Duck hunt, duck hunt would be good if you can find the gun. That's a good one. They do have hunting games, you know, where you can wander around and go shoot the animals. Oregon Trail, oh, yeah, yeah. Cabela. Oregon Trail. I can't believe they still make those games. Um. I mean, I, I, and I only say Warzone because it's free, and you don't have to spend a lot of money on a game that's like, I mean, you, if you have Game Pass, you can download Halo. You have access to every Halo, so you can play all of them. Um, I don't know. That's tough. That's a, that's a hard question. I would have suggested something like to ease them into that, uh, like going straight into a first-person shooter. I mean, what Minecraft? You can uh, get into a couple different servers and play in Minecraft. They've got some. Uh, but he's, he's Minecraft Dungeons to... comes out next week. Well, that's not a shooter. Right? Oh, and they're still shooting in bugs. I, I think I think if it has enough action in it, because um, I showed him I showed him a trailer for Mortal Kombat, and he he got pretty excited because he he loves the Terminator. So I was like, oh yeah, we, the, there's a game with the Terminator in it, and he got mad because it wasn't Arnold's voice. So <laughs> he's like he's like that's not Arnold, and I'm like. No, it's not. It's, uh, they couldn't get them. Yeah, that's a tough it one. It costs would, too much. I, I I would go just get Game Pass and just start downloading shooters and be like, all right, try this one. Try this one. Battlefield seems like an easy go-to if it just wants you know to shoot stuff and try to kill things. 
But then again, like, there's a lot of really, if, if it's just doing campaign, that's probably fine. But there's a lot of good people online, and that could be super frustrating if you're playing online matches. Mm. I mean, some of us still yeah. don't play online matches because, you know, Mike is bad. <laughs> Mike. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, JD, that's a tough one. My, my go-to suggestion yeah, um... is not a... Hmm. Yeah, no, that's think... a, that's why I'm opening it up to the community as well. Um, I know we have a good number of listeners out there, and uh, if it's possible, if anybody has any experience with this or has a suggestion that they think might be good, like seriously, um, send it my way. Um, I'll take anything and everything. Um, and uh, yeah, um, thank everybody in advance. Like, thank you guys. So. All right, I've got one other thing that we can do, and then we can uh, end out the show, because we've been recording for quite a bit, and I think we've covered a lot of stuff. So this is a new thing I call, what's in the box? So this is a game that we play. Then Devin, Devin, I don't know if you can share this. Um, So on the document, I have a picture of a game, just the front of the game. Uh, It's a game box, all right? So what I want to do here... I want... Well, Devin, I don't know if you want to share our whole document. Here's what I'll do. I'm going to send you this... Where's the picture? Hold on. I'm just going to send this to you, Devin. Um, In chat. There's a chat on this thing. Super Nintendo? Super Buster Bros? Hold on. I'm going to send you this. Why can I not send... Wow. Go to meeting sucks real bad. Where can I send this to you? It's for meetings. You know. <laughs> it is for meetings, but sometimes you have to share things for meetings. All right. So, Mike, I want you. This is you are going to guess what this game is about just by looking at the cover art. And you're going to explain to all the listeners who cannot see this visually what is on the cover art. So first you're going to describe it. And then you're going to give me a synopsis of what you think the game is actually about. Sound good? I can just take these pictures and put them on my thing here. Clear as mud? Yep, do that. All right, Mike, so go ahead. Whenever you're ready, this is What's in the Box, Super Nintendo Edition. Is Mike there? Mike's here, but I don't have any. There we go. Um, Devin, can you present your, it's a little small. There you go. All right. So what we have here on the cover, we have two obvious Germans who have in their hand um, <laughs> two obvious Germans who have in their hands a a blaster of sorts that is shooting um, bubble gum at each other. So this is obviously set in the in the Middle Ages. With um, with the bubblegum wars of the 1600s, um, it is called Super Blaster Bros, and you can take part as That's a Buster. as a. I added the L, so it's Super Buster Bros, and they are um, they lost their parents in the. Um, looks like there's some water in the background, so they obviously lost their parents in a nautical. Um, accident and so they are fighting the pirates who sunk their ship with these pink balls of bubblegum 
All right, so so that's su- pretty complicated for Super Nintendo. Yeah, so what it, it is, what it is though. Do you think like what kind of game do you think it's like a platformer? Do you think it's top down shooter? Like, what's your guess? Um, yeah, it? it's it's probably so so it is by Capcom. So yeah, top down shooter. So right. this is this is in response to the Angry Moms when uh, Contra came out, and they're like, "It's too violent. We need to have something better for our kids." And this is what they came up with. So they they came up with Germans fighting bubblegum. Yep. All right. So Super Buster Bros. Um, this is the this is the reading on the back of the box. It's raining bubbles. The world has come under attack, and it is up to you as Super Buster Brother, as a Super Buster Brother, to ensure that the world is cleared of all bouncing bubbles. Every time you shoot a bubble, it breaks into two smaller ones. But be careful, if a bubble touches you, your history. Whether you play in the panic mode or tour mode, the challenge will keep you on your toes in in the panic mode. Bubbles, large and small, pour down for 99 levels of exhilaration. In the tour mode, you will travel the world in search of new and explosive bubble battles. Enjoy the action, but be alert. As you progress through the levels, the game becomes more exciting as the bubbles bounce faster and faster. And the game is set up actually like Missile Command, where you are just stationary at the bottom of the level, and the bubbles come down, and you shoot at them. And this was developed by Capcom, so that is my JD, I found the the shooter that your dad needs. Yeah, Super Buster Bros. This is really it. (laughs) So Super Buster Bros, um, that's been what's in the box, and I think we're gonna do more of these because I kind of I think they're kind of fun. So until next time, this has been. Hey, hold on. I'm gonna bring this up on screen. Okay, All right, so everybody can see this. Hold on, let me see. Oh my God, what what is this madness? Are you bringing up the uh, full box art? Devin. Get rid of your ads. There we go. Super Buster Bros gameplay. You could try it for free. Super Buster uh, Bros gameplay. This is. We need sound. You got to uh, give us sound there. That doesn't look like Missile Command. Uh, they, they can hear the sound. You guys can. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> oh, you travel around the world. Look at that. John traveling around. So you do get to be mobile. This is more like. So this is like Space Invaders meets, yeah, I guess you know, it is having a, well, having to shoot your balls. Yeah, don't shoot your balls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not terrible. Yeah. I mean, there's fighting in the. How did they pop that bubble that. when he shot up and it was to the side of his head? Hitboxes. Oh, don't worry about boxes. So everyone, yeah, this has that. been episode 123 of the Freelance Podcast. Oh, those are little podcast. blue balls. That poor guy, he's being attacked by blue balls. Man. Why? Until next time, we'll catch you later. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Freelancer Codex, on Facebook at Freelancer Codex, or through email at freelancercodex at gmail.com. Join the Discord through the link provided at freelancercodex.com. Our show will always be free, but if you'd like to send some support, you may do so at patreon.com slash freelancercodex. Our individual Twitter handles are at Stephen Lamson, at MLamson25, at Neverfear, and at JD the Joke Dealer. Freelancers, it's time to get to work.